0: Thanks for joining us for the sermon of the week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at legacyfamily.tv. We're talking about the breath of God. You know last Sunday we talked about the word of God being the truth and the word of God and getting the logos and the rhema. And so we're going to build on that a little bit about a rhema as a living word. How you know the how, how many of you know the Bible is a li, is alive? It's not just a book. The Spirit of God is on it, in it, all over it. Guess what? It's, he's on you too. He's in you. He's on you. And, 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 and I'm going to show you by the Word today what God's doing in you, through you. <coughs> Excuse me. So, are you ready? All right. Well, let me, so, here's a question Would you be interested in plugging in to the power of God? Would you be interested in plugging into the life of God? I almost brought an extension cord in here. See, there's plugs on the wall over there. There's plugs on the floor in the back. But you know what? I can't get to that power. I can't get to the power in these plugs right here or those plugs right now. I need something to tap into that power. And how do I tap in that power? The Word of God and the Spirit of God helps me tap into the power of God. It's the extension cord that grabs a hold of the things of God. The Word of God Shows us what we're supposed to have, and the Spirit of God teaches us how to get a hold of it. Need peace? Plug in. Let me find some peace. Let me find some peace scriptures here. Huh? Wisdom? The Bible says, "Ask." But we, Greg, what do you think about it? Uh, Patrick, what do you think about it? Miss Shirley, what do you think about it? What does the word say? And that's what they'll tell you. But what does the Word say? That's my, fr- you know, Tim took my phrase and preached it. He lit- what does the Word say? Five, five words. So, so live by the Word. So the Word of God is sent to assist you in every challenge of life. How I many you know there's challenges in life? If you don't have any challenges, you're still in bed. And the challenge for you is to get out of bed. So you still have a challenge. All right. So the Bible is the Word of God. It is, the Bible is, is the very breath of God. Everybody take a breath. So, 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 do you know that you have to breathe to speak? See, I have a voice right now, and air is going over my vocal cords, and words are coming out of my mouth. And I have to take a breath. To be able to speak again, because I can talk on and on and on and on and on and on on without taking a breath, and eventually I'm gonna run out and I'm gonna pass out cold here in just a few more minutes, and I'm starting to strain now. You gotta have air, you gotta have breath to live. How many know last week we ended that the Word of God is bread? How you know that the Bible teaches that it's water? water of water, the washing of the water of the word and we're, today we're talking about breath bread water food water breath you know how many you can live almost two months without food that's a long time most of us you know if you're a teenager in here most of them left if they've missed 30 minutes they're like i'm starving i'm starving i don't care if, that ain't boys that's girls too i raise girls they would come in in groups, and they would just clean out my pantry. And I'm like, y'all eat the carpet off the floor if I don't watch you. Now, but how many of you know you need food? How many of you know that you can go four days, eight days without water? I'm telling you, after three days, you start suffering. That's why they didn't fast more than three days water in the Bible. How many of you know you need air? How long can you go without air? Minutes. How many of you know I believe Christians are are starving they're dehydrated and they're oxygen depleted we need to feed on the word we need to drink the word we need to breathe the word <laughs> it is <a> it <sighs> now some people do that for a different reason you know to get the full effect of it, talking about drugs. This is the Word of God, what you need to live by. Don't laugh like this. Some of you are like, oh, Lord, he he, he heals. what I used to do. You're saved now. But you need to be breathing in the Word of God. Come on, that's what we live by because it's the life of God. Let's let's, let's, let's just explain it. I know I lost you all. Some of you all went off way back in the day on that one. 2 Timothy 3:16 Look what it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine reproof correction instruction and righteousness Come on get with me now that the man of God may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work You want to be equipped you need to know the word You want to go into business You need to go to Word. You want to be a a nurse? You need to know the Word. You can go through the motions, but you need to be living by the Word. Inspiration, back it up to the first part of that for me. All Scripture is given by inspiration. The, The Greek translation that is God breathed. God took an inhale, and he breathed the Word of God out, and his life is in the Word. God breathe. The word of God is God breathe. The Greek word for breathe is pneuma. Pneuma, power. Wind. The Jewish people believe pneuma, which is a Greek word, but in the Hebrew, that it was God's power that created. The power of God created. Remember Genesis? God said, and God, said and God said, and God said, and God said, and God said, and God said. God empowered words to bring life, to create everything. That's why Miss Shirley, by the Holy Spirit, gave that word that your words are powerful. Quit griping at your wife. Quit griping at your husband. Quit griping about your job. Breathe God's Word on it. Okay. Inspiration is breathing in. Okay? God breathed out His Word. All Scripture is given, so God poured out into the Word. We're to breathe it in and get inspired by it. Vision for your life should come from the Word. Well, you know how many of you like me when you're a kid? I won't I won't be like him. I won't be like him when I grow up. I won't be like her. I wanna have, I wanna, I won't be able to do that. We're looking to compare ourselves to other people when we ought to be asking God. Sure, other people that are godly can give you a vision, but that's not you. You're you. And God created you to be you, and you have gifts and talents and abilities that God wants to inspire in you. Well, you know what we do oh, i could never do that i can't do that yet god's trying to inspire you to do it even jesus said in john six sixty three, my words they are spirit and they are life they are pneuma spirit pneuma power pneuma living pneuma That's why when you read the red letters in the Bible, man, you get stuff. Spirit of God's on it. But Spirit of God's on the the black letters, too. And I'll show you an example here in just a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit before we get into our points. Because you need to hear this. I'm going to show you some things. And look, 2 Peter 1.10 said, knowing this first. I'm sorry, 2 Peter 1.20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of No private interpretation that means the Word of God is for everybody. It's just not a private thing. For prophecy of Scripture never came by the will of man. This is not the will of man. This book's not by the will of man. There are 60 different writers, but God's the author. But holy men of old spoke when they were moved on by the Holy Spirit, are inspired. Has God ever inspired you to do anything? Has God ever inspired you? You need to nod your head, whether you recognize or not. So if you don't think he's ever inspired you to do anything, you need to go home and ask him, what have you inspired me to do? And he'll go back and show you things. When you were a child that was God-inspired, he'll show you things as an adult that was God-inspired even before you were born again. So today, get ready to be inspired. The Spirit of God wants to inspire you, wants to pour into you, wants to fill you up. The Holy Spirit breathed on men, and they wrote it down they were inspired. So Genesis 1 through 3. Genesis 1 1. In the beginning, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the spirit of God moved upon the waters. In one translation, the Holy Spirit was hovering. Like, you know, you ever seen a race car, a dragster? You know, it's it's ready to go. You know, I'm going to get back to the kid. Uh, My youngest grandson goes, he growls. That's the way he pushes his car. The Holy Spirit's sitting there like, say something, say something, say something. Say something, let me create it. Say something, let me create it. Say something. And God said, Let there be light. God breathed it. Because it was without form. And it was void. It was empty. And it was nothing there. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God said, Let there be an atmosphere and there was an atmosphere and god said in verse 11 let there be plants vegetation and everything that goes with it trees and god said in verse 16 let there be stars a sun and the moon we're creating something here verse 26 and god said let us make man But in, in Genesis 2 and 7, and God formed the man out of the dirt, and he breathed into man and created in him a living being, or a living person. And, and one scholar said, a uh, Hebrew scholar said, made him a speaking spirit like God. Isn't that cool? Now, now hold on. This, this balloon, let's go back just to me and this balloon. This balloon is being blown up by my breath. And if you analyze what's inside this balloon, it's got my DNA in it. It's got my germs in it, huh? But it's got me inside this balloon. How about when God breathed into you, he put himself into you when you got born again? His DNA is in you. You're in the family of God now. And you know what? You need to tie off your salvation and be saved and not be moved. But how many of you know you need to, you need to, you need to you need to, to study healing? Jesus bore my sickness and my infirmities. I have the peace of God that passes understanding. Huh? But how many of you know, how many of you know that circumstances will attack you and come against you, and if you take your eyes off the things of God, how many of you know I've seen people do that? I've seen people do that, overwhelmed, and the Word of God does not have no effect in their life. I want my balloon back. You can't have it. That's why we have to maintain, you know, Cody didn't know what I was preaching, Every song we sang about circumstances coming against us, but Jesus is our rock. That means we need to stay full of God, stay focused on God. But what happens if we look at the circumstances, you know, and people, stuff happens. I've tried to carry my whole family before. I can't do it. I can carry me. I have to stand on the word for me. I can't carry my wife, but a certain distance. Huh? I can't carry my kids but a certain distance. They have to live by the Word themselves. We all have to live by the Word ourselves. And it's not, I'm not special because I'm a preacher. I have to live by the Word of God, too. And I have to ask God for things, and I have to stir things up in me. And so we need to be breathing in and blowing and receiving the Word of God in us and to live by it. Amen? See, in the Old Testament, there's all kinds of scriptures and there's types and shadows of what we're supposed to be. And they said, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon me, the pneuma. The pneuma of God came on Samson. And he caught foxes. You can't catch a fox. He picked up the gates of the city and walked off with them because the Spirit of God, the pneuma of God came on him. David, the pneuma of God, came on him and he said, I'm going to chop you up, Goliath. Picked up a stone and sunk it in his forehead. Most of us would be like the army. That dude, the shortest they say he was, was 10 feet. Most think 13 feet tall. That's why their knees was knocking. How did David be, how was he able to stand courageous in front of somebody that big? The pneuma of God. We need the pneuma of God, don't we? We need the breath of God. We need courage. We need strength. That's what we're going to look at. So if you got your Bible, open to Ezekiel 37.1. one, Ezekiel man oh man get ready get ready get ready what what's this story this is the valley of dry bones what's this story got to do with me we'll break it down and look what ezekiel said the hand of the lord came on me the breath of god the spirit of god came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the lord and he set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of dry bones how many you know where you work they're full of dry bones and they need to water god with you you're the water how I many know oh, they need the breath of pneuma of God, and you come in, and you need to be breathing the pneuma of God? If you're going in there like, man, this, this job stinks just like, and everybody else is saying it too. There ain't no pneuma in that. There's no life in that. It's destruction. You need to go in with a smile on your face. I don't care what you feel like. You represent God, and you need to encourage yourself in the Lord and fill up, and you need to say, I'm strong in the Lord. Okay? Okay. Huh? But that's why most of us are like, quit. Can't stand this job. No, you stay with it. You breathe in the Word. Breathe out the Word. And so he's in the valley of dry bones. Most of y'all live there. But God wants to change it. In verse 2, then he calls me to pass by Them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. Anybody ever walked up on a a, a skeleton like that in the woods? Deer, maybe a cow, maybe a coyote, maybe a possum, whatever. A bunch of dry bones, and if, if an animal gets in it, they're scattered. They're everywhere. Look at the next verse. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? God will ask you a question because he's trying to teach you something. And I answered, Lord, you know. Look at the next verse. And he said, prophesy to these bones. Prophecy means to speak. Speak. Don't let that pass out of here. What are you saying? What are you saying? Bones sure are dry. and bones are everywhere. Look, there's a skull. Look how terrible this is. Must have been a battle here. It's over for these boys. That's not what God said. <clears throat> look what, look what, Old dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Prophesy and say, bones, hear the word. You need to walk into work and say, bones, hear the word of God. Bill, hear the Word of God. Yes. Southwest Virginia. Yes. North, uh, North Carolina, hear the Word of God. Look in verse 5. Thus said the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter in you, and you shall live. Woo. I will put sinews on you, and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. I'm about to fall here. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. You got to get still. But notice what he's telling them, to come alive. Not only get saved, but get filled with God and become powerful and become like God. That's what I declare over you. That we grow up in the things of God. That we grow up in the Spirit of God. That we grow up in the power of God. That we we need more power. We need more life. We need more miracles. We need more signs and wonders. Just a commercial note, though. You ever notice all the TV shows that have miraculous stuff in it. You got Superman, Batman, all this stuff that's super popular because people like to watch their superheroes fly around and, you know, swim under the water and never have to breathe. And you hear what I'm talking about? Let me just throw this at you. Do You know, the devil's behind that because people get relaxed with the supernatural, whether it be chasing ghosts or demons on TV and stuff like that. And then when something real happens, they go, oh, it's all fake. It's just like fake, just like you see on TV. That's why people don't believe in miraculous. They're numb to it by watching it on movies and TV. Because you can tell about, oh, somebody, like she testified, I got healed. Don't be a scoffer. Don't be a scoffer. Don't let that be your first, first mode of thinking. You need to be a believer, because when you become a scoffer, you scoff this, and you're not allowed to scoff this. Pfft, that don't happen for today. That's, 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 a, that's the devil's doctrine right there, because everything that we teach is happening and is for today, or we wouldn't be teaching it, and we have proved it. So, so look, then the Lord said, you know I am the Lord. Read, let's look at verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. I spoke. Did you know, God, that we've taught that you need to be speaking the word of God? You need to speak the word. That's how you got saved. Call. Call upon the name of the Lord, and thou shalt be saved. Call. Ask. Ask, and you shall receive. You have not because you ask not. I can't say that, Pastor. I'd be lying. He's, He's fixing to say this to these bones. But we we look at the end of it, and we thought, oh, that's cool. But you know what? If you were standing, and you were standing, some of you are standing in front of bones right now, you need to be speaking to them. This is the key. And so he said, prophesying. there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together. Those bones are dry if they're rattling. Look at verse 8. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them, and there was no breath in them. Verse 9. And he also said, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe uh, on these slain that they may live. Spirit of God, come on with them that it may live. Come on, on your family that it may live. Yes. On your job that they may live. Verse And verse 10. So I prophesied as he commanded, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet an exceeding great army. I call you a great army in the name of Jesus, for the Lord God Almighty, that you will fight battles for God that no man will see, but you'll fight them in, in time of prayer. You'll speak the situations, and lives will be changed. You're going to be that army? And you know what? God gets the glory. So you might, not, you might not ever be recognized on the earth. Are you okay with that? But when you walk up before the throne of God, the Bible says that God will reward you openly. Oh, sure, God will give you reward here too. But it's not because you told everybody. It's because he exalts. And even if you never get any recon- recognition here, God will recognize you in heaven. Yes, He will. And that's what we're living for. We don't want attaboy, attaboy, attaboy. No, we won't. We want God to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Yes, hey, He's the one who counts. Yes, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Whew, so number one. No. The breath of God brings Understanding. In Ezekiel, in the third verse, he said, Son of man, can these bones live? I don't know. Do you know I go to God and ask him, what do we need to do as a church next, Lord? Where are we at? How can we take the next steps? Lord, you know the next steps. I can't do this. I can't do this on my own. I need you, Lord. Do you know when I studied to do a sermon, do you know how many scriptures I had to, I can't do all that, we can't do all that. I've got so many scriptures and I've got too many in this one here, but you, I, won't, I won't overwhelm you. I want you to be able to receive. Amen. Thank you. And, he said, and he said, so we need understanding. Look at Job 32.8. This is cool right here. Job said this, but there's a spirit in man, and the pneuma of God, on the breath of the Almighty, gives him understanding. Ask God. He gives wisdom and understanding. Ask him. And you know what? Maybe you're like me and you just can't hear him sometimes. You're a little hard-headed. Or... But you know, God will speak to you through a TV commercial. God will speak to you through a child. God is just had you. You'll somebody say, how are you doing today? And they'll tell you something and it'll be the answer you need. Because a lot of times we just, Lord, I need an answer. Well, I didn't get it. And then we walk off, all been out of shape because I don't know what to do. Stay still on the inside. God will give you the answer. It don't have to come. It can come, you know, the way you think. Be open, but stay in the Word. Acts two sixteen. Peter had understanding. When the day of Pentecost came, they all fell out into the streets. They'd been up in the upper room. Most of them were hiding. But they all went out into the streets. They were speaking in other tongues, other languages. And understanding immediately, came to Peter. The Bible says, when you stand before men, don't worry about, I don't know what I'm going to say, I don't know what I'm going to say, I don't know what I'm going to say. Don't do that. Relax. God will give you the words. I can give you countless, countless, countless of times where God gave me words. And Peter said, but this is what was spoken to the prophet Joel. Then in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Huh? That came to him. He didn't have a scroll because he didn't have a Bible. He didn't want to look here what Joel said. No, it was in his heart. The Word's in your heart, whether you want it or not, whether you realize it or not. And the Spirit of God can bring things up to you and help you. So God's going to help you give you wisdom and understanding. Are you ready receive that? Nod your head, bump somebody, say, wake up and get it. Number two, the breath of God brings order. Man, most Pentecostal people, they, won't, they don't want order. You got to have order. You know, I've ran around the church before. But you know what? Being emotional and God's emotional and there's nothing wrong with being emotional. But I've seen emotion, people get emotional, run around the church and then go home with the same problems. Yeah. Yeah. Never got the victory over them. Yeah. They just got, they got help and, and encouragement at the time, but they didn't know how to overcome. But God to give you understanding to overcome. Yeah. Dry bones. Because everybody's got dry bones in their life, certain areas. Can't say oh, amen, say oh me. So the, the breath of God brings order. Ezekiel 37, 30, uh, 37 7 said, So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a thundering, a noise, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. Order. <laughs> the elbow didn't attach to the knee and the knee to the elbow. You have a foot up here and a hand down there. Order. Okay? God's in the detail. He talked about her eye being healed. Have you ever looked at the, just the eyeball, not considering everything else in your body and how it's made? How about a flower? God's in the detail. Most women are in the details. Most men are not. God took that part away. Some men are. Man, some men are artists on real details. God's in the detail. God's in the order. Psalms 33, 6, By the the word of the Lord of the the heavens. Let me read up here. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Remember, we did that in Genesis 1. We blew the balloon. Breath. And his DNA is in everything. That's in Genesis 1, 1, 2, and 3. And God said, and God breathed. Man, we've taught on words. Words are powerful. I love you. I hate you. You stink. You're sorry. You'll never make it. Anybody ever heard those words other than me? Yes, you have. But that's not. You not hear that from God. God says you're an overcomer. You've got the victory. You're more than a conqueror. But we look at ourselves and we see weakness. But God sees himself in you because he breathed himself into you. And so in myself I am weak. Paul says, myself, I'm weak. But with God, greater is he that's in me. As John said, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. The greater one's on the inside of you. Can we say that? Say the greater one is living in me. I'm going to rely on the greater one. I'm going to trust in the greater one. I can trust the greater one. Lord, teach me to trust the greater one in me. Okay. Number three, the breath of God brings strength. In verse 8 of Ezekiel said, I looked and behold, there were sinews on the bones and flesh grew on the skin that covered them, and there, but there was no breath in them. Bone without muscle is nothing. Bone without sinew is nothing. Your arm, look, at the, look here. Do you know it takes strength just to do this? And it takes order just to do this? Just to raise my, bend my elbow, it, there's muscles and tendons and ligaments working. And guess what? I can work my hand as I bend my elbow. I can work my fingers. There's all kinds of stuff going on here. You need strength in your life. And you need all kinds of God things going on in your life at all times. Amen. You need God's strength. And he gives you strength. And he empowers you. John 4, 24. God is spirit, and those who worship him must spirit must worship him in spirit and in truth. It's the breath of God is the power of God. The pneuma of God is the power of God. God gives us strength. He connects you with the power. You've been connected with the power of God. Well, I don't know if I can do it. Let's get down in that mousy voice. Yeah, Pastor, I'm, I, don't, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to do. I just don't know, Pastor, I'm weak. But God is your strength. And you learn to trust and rely upon Him. But what we do is we do it ourselves. And we do all we know to do ourselves, and then we ask God. And we drop our head, but we need to be asking God from the beginning. Lord, speak to me. I know this to do, but is that what you want me to do? I know I can do this, but how do you want me to do it? Because we get down that same ditch, you know what a ditch is? It's a grave with both ends knocked out. And we walk down that same ditch every day. Instead of asking God, "Do I need to get out of this ditch? Do I need to go a different route home?" You know that story that guy said he always took Highway 11 home, and he just had a witness. You know, go go around through the through the neighborhood, go through the country today, and he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go through the country just." You know, it just came to him. And he's getting dark, and he's driving down the road and looks, and what is that in the road? And there's a two-year-old. And there's not even a house close by. And God sent him down there to save a two-year-old. Gets out of the car, puts a two-year-old, and starts like, oh, where's the, where the house? Where'd this kid come from? And he remembered there was a mile down the road, there was a house. And he turned around and drove to that house, and the people were just starting to look, calling the little child's name. And he carried the child in. We got one to do that. Not even look back. You put Isaiah down, and he—I mean, running through the field. Hey, just enjoying life. He won't even check up. Can't you know? Kids be kids. Every one of them's different. Some of them don't get out of mama's leg, off mama's leg, even at the house. But that's being led by God. Being empowered by God to save somebody, huh? Talking about God's power, God's breath is power. Let's look at Exodus 15, 8. And when the blast of your nostril, the waters were gathered together and the flood stood up right in a heap and the depths congealed in the heart of the sea. When God parted the Red Sea, he didn't go, he just went, he just breathed out his nose. Come on. Come on. Just the blast of your nostril. The waters froze. They parted and congealed means froze. They locked up. Man, I was watching some history channel, and they said, well, it, maybe it wasn't the Red Sea. It was the Reed Sea. It was real shallow, and the waters parted there, and they crossed across. It wasn't the Red Sea like that. Well, uh, you know, the Egyptians still drowned in that water, okay, so let's just get over that. If it was two foot of water, they drowned in two foot of water because of God. But it was a Red Sea. Don't get into that debating and refuting. Listen, one one of the arguments is the Bible is not truthful, that there's error in it. And this is the example they use. Y'all ready? I'm going to help you a little bit. It's gross. Gross. Look at somebody say, it's Gross. But Matthew wrote that Judas hanged himself. How many you know Matthew was a tax collector? He just to the point. He hanged himself and he moved on. And Luke said that he fell headlong and, his, and he busted on the ground. Oh, well, I thought he hung himself. Well, now Luke said he fell and he busted on the ground. What is up with that? When he hanged himself, it was the evening before the Sabbath. Nobody cut him down, so that'd be work. Now, I have fell headlong, and my guts didn't bust out. I have fell flat, hard flat, you know, like from right here. Fell flat on my stomach, and I mean hurt me, but my guts didn't bust out. But after you did, and you've been there hanging there for a day and a half in the heat, you start swelling. I know It's gross. And you know what? Guys from the waist up, guys are heavier. Women are are heavier from the waist down. And I'm not making fun of you, it's just the way it is. You ever seen them paddle boards? Women are better better on those paddle boards because they got a better stability. Guys are top heavy. I've seen guys fall off just left and right. And if you cut down somebody, women are going to fall feet first. Men, if it's a longer distance, they're going to end up head first. And he busted on the ground. Luke's doctor gives a little more detail. Matthew's like, he hung himself. Let's move on. You know, did you use your car for personal service or business? Give me the details. He's a tax collector. Just trying to, you know, the, the Word of God is the truth. And so I'm just, just trying to settle that in your heart and know that, that God is your strength. And Acts 1.8 says, you shall receive power. After the pneuma of God comes upon you, the Spirit of God, power, power to be witnesses, power to live this life, to live upright, to live. Why, why do people steal? Why do people lie? Why do people do those things? Because they're trying to do it in their own strength. They're not trusting God. They're not trusting man. They're trusting themselves. And so they do what they think they, is right, and they, they, they still cheat and lie. Number 4 The breath of God brings life. Ezekiel 37:10 So I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came into them and they came to life and stood on their feet in exceeding great army. Whew. Do you know if you get into the word and to his promises that you can breathe life Into your life, into your business, into your health, into your mental capabilities? Huh? You can breathe life into your finances. You can bring life into your children. You can breathe life into your spouse. You can bring life, breathe life into your marriage. Job 33 4 says, the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. The pneuma of the Almighty gives me life. God made you, and He gave you life. He formed you in the womb. So the whole gist of this is we need the Word of God. We need God's Word. You can get you you need to you need to be in playing it, you need to be reading it, you need to be listening to it, and you need to be asking the Holy Spirit to teach it to you. To direct you with it, to bring revelation, to bring a rhema to you. All right, think just for a second. Look at me. Have you ever received a rhema from God? You ready to share it? We all think, man, I need healing. I need healing for me. and that. But how many of you know that has changed the perspective and put it in God's court? God wants you well. And if God wants you well, then you need to get in agreement with that. Matter of fact, God sent Jesus 2,000 years ago, as both of them said. 2,000 years ago, he died for your sins. He healed your diseases. He delivered you from destruction. But you got to pursue it and go after it. I can't make you believe it. I need to believe it. So if it happened 2,000 years ago, I got to get in agreement with God that God wants me well. Because, I want you know, I want to be a millionaire. But I'm not pursuing it. That's wishing and hoping, isn't it? But if you really want something, you've got to pursue it. But you got to, you, the impasse is, at, you know, when it comes to money. Well, ain't nobody makes money like that money kind of money around here. Very few. Don't, see, that's the enemy. Yes. The enemy comes in and says, you know, I don't, know if, I don't even know if you're really saved. You know, it's a progression. I had to settle that. I am a child of God. I don't care if I stumble and fall and miss it. I am a child of God. Amen. I tied that, whew, whew, I blew that balloon up and tied it off a long time ago. It's tied off. Yeah, right. I'm a child of God. Amen. And it don't bust because God got me. Now I need to move to healing. I need to move to prosperity. You know, I need to, yeah. You need to know that you're saved. You need to let it become the strength. God, in in salvation, you can't talk me out of it. And I tell you, it stirring religious people up. Because I know people that have been drinking and driving and were killed, and they didn't go to hell. What? Then, if you're watching a R-rated movie in the movie theater and you die of a heart attack, are you going to heaven? Come on, what's the difference? If you kill yourself, do you go to hell? Well, you committed murder and you didn't ask God to forgive you. You ain't in your right mind if you kill yourself. You're sick. Okay. I've had a, I've had you know the the, the debate. And the guy that was so staunch with it one time, his father-in-law got sick, lost his mind and killed himself. And he had to change his doctrine. And I'm not giving you a license to kill yourself. That's not God's will. You're important to God. Whether you see it or not, God created you and made you for a purpose, made you for time as this. You weren't born in 1860. You were born in 2000. You were born in this era. And this time, and you're setting up the end times, and you're here for a purpose and a reason to stand in the gap for this earth, not just America. God will put a country on your heart. Our, our brother over there, Philip Becker will be coming again in October, but our brother over there, when he came last, he prays for him every day. God put Philip Baker on his heart, and they pray for him every day that God protect him because he travels around the world preaching the gospel, and he's an intercessor for Philip Baker right in this season. Oh, yeah. Have you ever thought about God putting somebody on your heart and you praying for them? Somebody you don't. My, my, one of my pastors in Louisiana, his wife woke up at 2 a.m., and, came, and a missionary came to her heart in South America, and she began to pray in the Spirit and just like, I don't know what's going on, but something's going on. And she's just prancing back and forth praying, Lord, 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 Lord. And she just, your power go to them and your safety on them, Lord. And all of a sudden, it just left because she prayed the peace of God. She prayed, as the saints would, older saints would say, she prayed through till she was through. You had a burden, just woke her up in the middle of the night and had a burden to pray. And then and then went back to sleep. You know what? God will put somebody on your heart while you're driving down the road and you need to be praying over them. I know this is a, this is a side note, but this is the life of God. That's why you're here. You need to know these things so you can be empowered to do them. You're not just here to try to survive. I'm just hoping I live another day. It's old tough and you know, that's that's doom, despair, and agony on me. We're not living in that. We got to live in the victory. When you live from the victory, you can help others live from the victory. What does God want you to have so you can help others? Grab them by the hand and pick them up. Okay. I don't even know where we're at anymore. Breath of God brings life. Last one, number five. Is that it? God is still breathing on men today. Women today. God is still speaking. God is still breathing. God is still pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. And you need it. Amen. Let's just jump to it. You need the Holy Spirit. You need it every you need him every he said he never leave you nor forsake him but forsake you, but you need to recognize him every day. You need to call upon his wisdom, call upon his life, call upon the power. In Acts two one, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. You know, when we have church, we should come in one accord. We're in one place. We're all to come in one accord and get in agreement. Get in agreement to let the Spirit of God have His way. Can you can you just say yeah? Yes. We want the Spirit of God. You see, what we want as our church. When we have a church service is we want to have a culture. What do you mean a culture where the Spirit of God and the Word of God is one? Yes. Amen? Yes. I, I, whether I teach it or somebody else teaches it, but we need the Spirit of God to have its way. Yes. We need miracles. Yes. We need healings. We need peace. Yes. We need everything. Yes. Now, can you get in agreement with that? Because as a as a church we need the culture. We, we need what we're preaching here. We need organization. We need excellence. We need peace and joy. We need the presence of God. We need the life of God. We need the power of God. We need the, the, the truth of God being spoken and received and being lived. We need to live it. Amen? That's what God wants this church to be. The the scripture the Lord gave me about our church years back when I first came is that we're the tree planted by the rivers of living water that brings forth fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. That's this church. We've had strangers come in, or people don't even come to church here on Tuesday morning, and say, this church is a reservoir. This church is a hospital. This church is what? And they don't even come here. But that's what that tree that's planted by the rivers of living water that brings forth fruit in its season. The fruits for people who come, that they can be healed, that they can receive salvation, that they can receive. And, be, and our leaf will not wither. That means we'll be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen? This is a place of victory. A reservoir is a place where something's held back and it's doled out to, to the thousands. I mean, there's a 90-mile, the lake is 90 miles long where I grew up. 90 miles long, four miles, five miles wide in the widest part. It's like the ocean. There's waves. I've been on there with four-foot waves. That's scary. you in a 10-foot boat and four-foot waves. Do the math. Get in the back back here, brother. We're going to jump these waves. Huh? But they're, they're, they're laying a pipeline from Dallas to get water out of that lake. They're laying a pipeline from Houston to get water out of that lake. So millions of people can receive life-giving water. There are paper mills, there are electric plants that get water out of that reservoir. Our church is a reservoir for people to receive, to change culture. Because, see, the presence of God needs to be our culture. The Word of God needs to be our culture as a church, and it moves out into the community. And the presence of God will change the culture in this city See, I'm thinking bigger than just me and you, me and mine and all, you know. No, no, we're, we're to thank kingdom. We're to be kingdom-minded people. I'm preaching vision right here. Grab a hold of We're to be kingdom-minded to change Southwest Virginia, to change even North Carolina. It's our reach, West Virginia. 30 miles is our reach, folks. Abingdon's our reach. Bristol's our reach. Where's our reach? Hear the word of the Lord. So I'm prophesying a little bit. The Spirit of God's here. Why don't you close your eyes? I'm going to ask some questions to you. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you need to receive this life that God has for you. And I'm asking, will you accept him? so we're doing different today I want you to stand up if you want to accept Jesus number two if you received Jesus a long time ago and you haven't been living for him and you want to step up your life will you stand up and you're here today you need refreshing you are burnt out, wore out, tired you're tired spiritually, you're tired mentally and and I can put my hands on some of you you're tired physically will you stand up Maybe you, you're the next one. Maybe you're here and you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. And you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Will you stand up? God wants to fill you with his presence. In Acts 2, it's still. He pouring out his Spirit upon the sons and daughters. So I speak the breath of God on you today. I speak to weariness. I speak to tiredness. In the name of Jesus, I speak the strength of God, the organization of God, the power of God. Everything that we preach, I speak that over you. And everything will come together, and your mind will be still because God will give you the plan and the organization, and you will rest in him, and he will tell you the next moves and he will and he will lay out everything, lay out the plan for you. So rest. Strengthen your body. The Spirit of God will give you strength and power and the wisdom for the next move and the the strength to fulfill it. Oh, there'll be like a wind at your back, says the Lord, that you'll be able to run and not grow weary, that you'll not faint. So just receive it. In the name of Jesus, receive. Receive. God breathing on you right now. He's not condemning. He's breathing life. He's helping you with that drinking problem. He's breathing life into you. He's helping you with that stress and that weariness. He's breathing life into you. He's breathing the next steps in the plan of God into you. Now, take a breath. Say it's mine. Take another breath. Rest is mine. Peace is mine. Life is mine. Order is mine. If if you're filled with the Spirit, you need to be praying in tongues. You need to be building up your most holy faith. You need to be charging yourselves. And that's how you do it by praying in the Spirit. But also, you need to get into the Word because the next steps and the next plan will come to your word come through the word and if you want to be filled with the spirit of God ask for prayer from the prayer team it doesn't hurt to ask I want you to be seated you know in Acts 2 and 4 the Holy Spirit was poured out and I I was a Baptist boy and uh, grew up in the Baptist church and I knew all the Bible stories and i knew everything but they never taught me about the holy spirit they never taught me about the pneuma of god that god would breathe into me and 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 that god wanted to to show me and empower me to live above sin and live above a life of victory and and when i got exposed to it through the word because they avoided acts like it was the black plague they would not read the book of acts and and uh I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, I was asking God for direction. What do I need to do, Lord? And some of you are asking God for direction in your life, with your job. And I said, Lord, what do I need? Do I need to stay in this church? That I, And I, I was an active, and I'm talking active member. I helped grow the church. I I, I was involved big time. And, and I said, do I need to stay here and teach what I have found out? Or do I need to go and move? And the pastor was on a Wednesday night, and it was a rhema, because I was asking God, what do I need to do? And he took the scripture, and if you look in your Bible, there's a margin in the middle, and it gives you cross-references. And I read the scripture that he brought, and I took the cross-reference. And i just been, Lord, what do I need to do? What are my next steps? And I took that cross-reference, and I flipped my Bible to it, and it said, it's time to move from the milk of the Word into the deeper things, into laying on of hands, sort of being in, and i like, I got to go. I have to go. This is the answer that I was just, it was a rhema. It came off the page to me that I have to move from the milk because all that was there was milk. And who was I? I just barely knew what I knew, but God moved me to teach me, to shore me up. God wants you to go deeper in his word, to know you need to get a strong foundation. That's why we go back and teach the basics, the basics, the basics, because it's a foundation that we stand on. This building and what we're adding on to it, see, there's a beam right there. See, those things are sticking out of the wall. There's a beam goes all the way across, but there is a huge foundation under that beam. No, this slab's probably about six inches at the most where I'm standing, but where that beam's at is three foot deep and three, four foot wide. That's the way your foundation needs to be, firm. Six inches is great, but six inches is not going to hold this building up. And when they build the add-on addition, they're going to tie into those footers. And go underneath them and lock the concrete into those footers. There's the other part can set on that. See, the Word of God adds to itself and builds to itself and strengthens itself. And you need to be strengthened today. Be encouraged. Be empowered. Now, say this with me I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I have the strength of God, it sustains me, it keeps me. I'm in His hands. I'll never look away. I'll never walk away, for God is my source. He is my helper, and he is the glory and the lifter of my head. Amen. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.